Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. The pandemic has brought forward many challenges for agriculture, which doesn't necessarily exclude the fair and entertainment industries. One thing that many directors and board members have seen over the last few years is that virtual connections can't fully replace live events. I'm here today with Marla Calico, who's the president and CEO of the International Association of Fairs and Expositions. And Marla, when you look back at the last couple of years, many fairs have had to transition from having fully in-person events to virtual, hybrid, or even electing to not host events at all. So where does the fair industry currently stand as we enter into this new year? Well, a lot of the challenges that we as an industry uh, saw across the country is the disparity uh, and differences, I guess, in uh, individual county health regulations or state regulations, in addition to the way that different land-grant colleges also managed 4-H and extension programs. And so that's where you begin to see differences. And so when you think about uh, Wisconsin, you're thinking about all of the 4-H programs have to operate under the umbrella of UW. And so whatever UW says, that's what went in terms, you know, and maybe that that dictated what happened in 2020. I don't think as much as in 2021. And then a fair would have to deal with their individual county health department on whether or not they could have an event, whether they could be live if they had capacity restrictions. And across the United States, there are over 2,800 different county health departments. And some county health departments, one county adjacent to another, didn't even agree. So when we think about, though, Wisconsin as a whole, what we saw in 2020 is that there were a few fairs that uh, they had a good relationship with their county health department. They worked very well in that regard. They managed to put on a a fair. They managed to find a carnival that would go forward and, and be a part of what they were doing. And then there were others they simply could not. And so they tried tried to come up with ways to honor their agricultural mission. They worked with, the, again, with UW and the 4-H to try to have uh, livestock shows where possible, particularly for the youth. And then also, um, you know, they did some virtual things. Uh, you know, they had virtual programming to celebrate the fair, anything to keep the fair top of mind. But then in 2021, uh, I think almost all of the fairs in Wisconsin went forward. Uh, the industry as a whole across all of the United States, over 90% of all of the fairs went forward forward with pretty much a full fare. Very little restrictions, very little, uh, very little changes. And for those fares that did decide to move forward, is there any kind of federal funding that's available to help them remain in business? Right. So if let's take the, the whole federal picture. There is no single federal program that uh, currently is available for fares. Uh, our association is working hard, uh, particularly with uh, Congressman Panetta from California, Congressman Long from Missouri, uh, to have a funding package through the USDA. It did not make it through this last um, session of Congress, so we're going to hit that again to try to come up with some relief across the country. Uh, But within some states, for example, within the state of Wisconsin, there is some funding, I believe, that's available, for example, for livestock shows, prize money, things like that. Um, And in some states, and this I cannot say specifically in Wisconsin, but some states leverage their CARES money 
that they got from the federal government, and then they dispensed it out to fairs to help them because they understood that fairs, fairgrounds, are critical infrastructure to the community. This is where now we had a polling place. We had a place to do courts. We had uh, a place for COVID testing, uh, for COVID vaccines, some sites for hospitals. So it's not uniform by any stretch of the imagination. There were a few fairs, about 31 or two across the United States, who applied for and successfully received money through a program called Shuttered Venue Operator Grant, primarily for the entertainment industry. I know there was at least one fair in Wisconsin, maybe two that, that got funding through that. So there was some relief. A few fairs, if they had full-time employees, they qualified for the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. But for the most part, there was no standard line of funding across the country. It was really the fairs finding ways to survive any way that they could. And Marla, I know we have talked a lot about the past, so what's happened in 2020 and even in 2021, but where can we go from here? What can fairs do as we move forward into the new year? I think we have an incredible opportunity to tell the, the story behind the story, what it takes to put a fair on, how many volunteer hours, the sponsorship commitments, what it takes from the entire community to make a fair happen. I'm not sure that we always told that story. I think uh, we, we hid behind hid that light under the bushel basket, uh, so to speak. And so I think we have a real opportunity to do that. I think we have a real opportunity to explore some flexible programming, uh, something that we talk about is having events within the event. So you have the fair that runs for five days, but maybe on Friday, Friday is a uh, barbecue cook-off, and maybe Saturday is a wine celebration or a beer celebration. We can do things within the confines of the event to add freshness to it. I think uh, going forward, you're going to see flexibility and adaptation to, you know, whether it means that the livestock, we you know, we found out maybe the livestock doesn't need to be there the end fire days. Maybe we can switch and rotate in and out. Maybe we can change layouts on our carnivals. We can change hours of operations. All of them to think about, ultimately, fairs are a business. They're not for profit, but they have to operate as a business. And so they have to think about strategies to employ that. And I just think overall, fairs have a, a new opportunity to tell their story fresh, and particularly their ties to local agriculture. I think seeing empty grocery shelves for a lot of people around this country was a shocker. It was an eye-opener, and they took their food for granted. And I think that opens a window of opportunity for county fairs, especially to tell the story of how important agriculture is and what's happening just right around us. You know, what, what is the corn grown? Who uses that corn? Who does it feed? How does that work? We have an opportunity to do that. When we talk about how a fair operates, volunteers are integral in virtually every piece of the fair, from the midway to even the livestock barns. So what kind of challenges have fairs faced in finding these volunteers, and how can they move forward beyond the pandemic? Fairs, regardless of their size, operate on volunteer power. Right. And, and so I think the, the pandemic really did a number for a lot of fairs because the volunteers were getting older. Right. And so I think as we look at the future and the opportunities, again, that fairs have in the future is to think about a new way of managing volunteer programs. And instead of saying, oh, you've got to commit to every single day and be here from eight to four and work this shift all the time. I think we have to 
put it down in bite-sized pieces and think about our younger generation may not have that kind of rigidness in their schedule. And maybe they could work two hours on a Saturday night and four hours on a Sunday. So what can we do to adapt our volunteer programs to get this new generation in? And I'm really pleased here today at this Wisconsin meeting, seeing the number of young people, young leaders that are here representing their community. I think that's absolutely fabulous. And I know, particularly in Wisconsin, there's a strong commitment to a junior fair board, a young leaders fair board that builds that fair board for the future. Those are the volunteers of the future, and I think that's critically important now more than ever. Wisconsin is home to over 75 county, district, and state fairs, and as we move into 2022, directors and fair board members are still facing some of those challenges that were brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. Marla Calico, the president and CEO of the International Association of Fairs, says that we now have an opportunity to reach consumers in a new way. From the Association of Fairs Convention in the Wisconsin Dells, I'm Taylor Schaefer. 